Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Godzilla Pod War Hour. My name is Michael Kelly, and with us, as always, Mr. Nathan Allen Bear. Nathan, how are you? How are I'm, you doing? I'm great. Peachy, revved up for this. Uh, for for this. Yeah. Right. This this super secret bonus Easter egg, whatever thing. This is the 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 golden egg hunt uh, ends here, I guess, or something. I don't know. It's I, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to read Ready Player Two. You know what I mean? Like the uh, Target hasn't put it in its uh, <laughs> two dollar bin. Two dollar um, bin next to you know <laughs> next to the Tic Tacs. Next, next to the Tic Tacs and uh, you know, uh, you know, five Bruce Lee movie Blu-ray pack. I mean, first of all, the five Bruce Lee Blu-ray pack is is an actual Criterion edition. Oh, that's right. Uh, Blu-ray yeah. thing, which is like a real thing, has yeah, real value. It's no longer, it's no longer just the pan and scan, gritty dubbed. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I think they got the Big Boss and Enter the Dragon and Game of Death right. and a couple other things on there. So, yeah. um, that actually well, it doesn't is, have the uh, fifteen. This was a real thing at Target. Uh, I'm getting off topic, but this is a thing. Who they cares? had a Lee exploitation DVD box set, which I never bought, but I always thought of it. It had like all the movies made uh, right after Bruce Lee died that was trying to cash in on <laughs> this poor man's death, um, you know, including like a Korean remake of um, of uh, Fists of Fury. In, in fact, I think they were all like remakes of Fists of Fury, just like with different different Lees. Right. I know that like Bolo Young, who was actually in Enter the Dragon, was in a few of those movies. Uh-huh. He was also uh, in several. You know, he was uh, Chun Li from the end of uh, Death Sport or Blood Sport, rather. <laughs> death Sport. That should be a thing. I don't. Death know. Is that a thing? Because there's Death Race. Death but we're, get, we're getting insanely off topic. The point is, <laughs> is that uh, this is a bonus, super special Easter egg episode. Because uh, we today we've answered the call to action. Okay, we've we've answered uh, the, the, the just the requests from approximately absolutely no one to do an episode on uh, not a film, but a uh, sort of a multimedia, multi-platform uh, sort of marketing experience yes. uh, from the early 90s known as Godzilla versus Charles Barkley, which consisted of one teaser trailer commercial uh, and then a the full-on commercial itself, which was 30 seconds long. And then a year later, a comic book from Dark Horse Comics, which had a lot of the licenses from not only Godzilla, but any badass uh, movie property from like the 80s and 90s. Like Dark Horse was on it making a lot of cool comics and stuff. So they released a one-shot issue of that in uh, in 1993 there was also like a legion of godzilla versus charles barkley merchandise and like hats sweatshirts t-shirts of all kinds different designs uh posters it was an evolutionary step into sort of the uh you know kind of where we find ourselves today with like all the you know multi-media sort of conglomerate uh i think the word is um synergy uh, this was definitely kind oh, of yeah. an evolutionary step in 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 that. Um, but anyways, so <laughs> yes, we are doing we are doing an episode on Godzilla versus 
Charles Barkley. It is happening. I guess we should uh, mention Charles Barkley because uh, people listening to this, they probably know about Godzilla by now, but we should mention Charles Barkley and give a little context to sort of what's going on in in commercials uh, in general uh, at this point. So like, first of all, Charles Barkley was one of the best basketball players in the 1990s. Um, He was one of the few players to kind of break through. I mean, there was there was like 10 or 15, but he was like one of the top five uh, players to break through into like sort of the public consciousness, as it were, uh, in a way that very few other players were able to during the age of Michael Jordan. Yes. He played for the Philadelphia 76ers uh, from 1984, I believe, until until this year, 1992. And this when this was all happening, this was his he was transitioning to the uh, Phoenix Suns, Mm -hmm. uh, which he would win uh, in the 92, 93 season, the MVP uh, for the regular season. Uh, award and much to the chagrin of Michael Jordan, who was uh, kind of winding down his first his first run uh, at this point. But um, so like you know, Barkley was 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 no slouch. I mean, he was he, you know he had nicknames. He was known as Sir Charles Barkley. Um, he was also known as the Round Mound of Rebound. Okay. <laughs> Uh, he was, uh, he would go on to be, you know, a, a famously a commentator on like inside NBA and, and, and you know, shows uh, like that and, and really kind of a renowned personality, but like he was absolutely one of the top players and he had his own spinoff video games. Uh, the, had the, uh, sorry, the Charles Barkley shut up and jam part one and part two for the Sega Genesis so and that was like, you know, that joined the ranks of like Shaq Fu starring Shaquille O'Neal, which was a fighting game, uh, and also Michael Jordan in the Windy City. There was this. It was a weird time for basketball in the early '90s because I think Jordan had made basketball and the NBA in particular so insanely popular that all of a sudden these guys could kind of make the jump into sort of being like low level, like superheroes in the public consciousness and could be sold in things like video games. Well, I mean, that's essentially how, like how in 96 space jam would come around because you're, you've got something, you've got two insanely popular uh, properties. The yes, yes. Just like everything NBA. And then, you know the cartoons your grandpa likes. Uh, yes, <laughs> and, well, together. it's it's important to understand for context that that Space Jam uh, began as a series of Nike ads. Um, the first one was in February of 1992, mm. and that was uh, Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny playing basketball, and you know it was a combination, obviously, of live action and animation. And that ad was insanely popular, so much so that it would eventually lead to Space Jam. Everybody loves uh, Michael Jordan. Everybody loves Bugs Bunny. So it was a match made in heaven. And you can almost see the like the impact of that and the matriculations in like advertising executives' brains of like, okay, we've had 
you know, Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan fight it out. Who like what? Who else is left? And what like what can what can we do next to top that? You're right. And you can just see someone. Uh, just being like, oh, well, how about uh, Godzilla fighting uh, Charles Barkley or whatever? And, and, you know, you can see it exactly be like, <laughs> you know what, Jenkins, that's so crazy it might just work. Uh, and I think, you know. <laughs> uh, and no, hold my calls. <laughs> right, right. Seven months later, you know, you get, uh, you know, Godzilla versus Charles Barkley. Um, so... Uh, that that's kind of that's sort of sets the stage for that because you know and it was Barkley sort of vying for like who's the top dog. It was never in doubt, by the way. Michael Jordan was always going to be like the god of the NBA, but there was a time, and I remember it being sort of weird that like Godzilla would fight an NBA player, but not Michael Jordan, and be like, why is he fighting Michael Jordan? That's obviously the top dog or whatever, yeah. but like. You know, so it was it, even then it was just sort of like, I, oh, I guess Michael Jordan was busy or something because yeah. <laughs> uh, that was um, he didn't have know. time for Godzilla. <laughs> right, right. He didn't have time for Godzilla. But like, again, it was sort of this thing that was like they did this and then they did so many more of those Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan ads. And that eventually did lead to Space Jam, which Charles Barkley is actually in, oh, yeah. along with several other NBA stars, and uh, which would then lead to eventually uh, Space Jam, a new legacy starring LeBron James, uh, which during the final basketball game, of course, has a cameo from King Kong, uh, fresh off of his hit uh, movie Godzilla vs. Kong, uh, and which links back to Godzilla versus Charles Barkley. So it all comes full circle. You understand? <laughs> we definitely need to be talking about this. It's important. God damn it. <laughs> Follow the money. Uh, uh, now, as to this teaser trailer, it's, it's important to understand this, like, you know, the context of this thing. Like, I was a young kid when I was like 10 when this came out. And this was like... The teaser trailer essentially is a series of uh, scenes from all from the Showa era, and it's all all the prints have been like cleaned up, and it looks amazing. And it's in like widescreen, and uh, you have narration from uh, Percy Rodriguez uh, saying, you know, he has defeated Mothra, he's defeated King Kong, he's defeated Mechagodzilla, and they're showing clips from all of these movies. And it's like for me as a kid um, watching this, it was this strange sort of like uh, recognition of like Godzilla as a thing that existed outside of like just my immediate brain. And like also like when I could record it off of TV and the few times that they would show it on, on you know, Saturday afternoons or whatever. Right. Um, and so it was this crazy thing where it was like all of a sudden this proof that like, yeah, no, other people knew about Godzilla. And it was like this thing that it actually existed in the real world, which was like mind blowing that they like had footage from King Kong versus Godzilla. And, you know, they had footage from Destroy All Monsters, which I at that point hadn't seen because Destroy All Monsters wasn't available in the States until like 2003 or something like that. So like. 
you know, it, it was like I I sort of recognized some of the stuff, but it was it was like really crazy. And you know, they had the score. They is um, part of it is uh, James Horner's score from Aliens, and then uh, at the end they cut to. Um, a piece of uh, Brad Fidel's score from Terminator 2. And so it's just like all this footage of Godzilla and it's like you got music from Terminator and Aliens. And Percy Rodriguez is like, you know, there's, there's basically two icons of like movie voiceover uh, right. work. Him and and jo- John LaFontaine. Don, Don, Don LaFontaine La- La did per- pretty much everything else that Percy didn't do. But Percy Rodriguez... You know, he first of all, he did the trailer for Jaws, which he could have just done that trailer and retired. And it would have been like a 10 out of 10 perfect career because the voiceover in the Jaws trailer is like astounding. But I mean, he didn't stop there. Uh, He also did the uh, voiceover for Taxi Driver. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, this is the trailers for for these films. Uh, Taxi Driver, The Exorcist, Missing in Action, Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Uh, Alien 3, which uh, had just been uh, released that summer. And so we, we were hearing the trailer for that like over and over again. Um, and so like he it was absolutely like the, the point is it was like a, a top tier like all star. It was like this hybrid of like footage from like the Showa movies and with like all of like the 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 finest trimmings of uh, ho- that Hollywood had to offer, you know. So it was almost like they were making like a new Godzilla movie trailer thing, you know. It was like really rad. Yeah. Um, and and it got me totally, um totally hyped for whatever this Godzilla versus Charles Barkley thing was. He's defeated Mothra. He's defeated King Kong. He's defeated Monster Zero and Mecha Godzilla. But he's never faced an adversary like this. Godzilla versus Charles Barkley. It's the battle of the century, and it's coming soon. Get ready to see a real monster jam. And now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who do not identify either way, it is time to dissect this very, very tiny plot. It's a small plot. It's, uh... You know, With a lot we, have, of- we have a we have a small plot. So uh, that was that was the you know we just ran a little audio of the um, the teaser trailer there, and uh, it's the nice thing about doing a podcast on a commercial. We could just play the whole thing, and <laughs> so that's that's great. And uh, so again, saw this, my my brain was exploding, and. Um, you know, we now we we wanted to talk a little bit about the making of uh, of this of this ad, uh, and specifically, you know, some of the talent that was um, be- sort of behind the scenes yes. uh, on on this deal. So it was um, produced by Industrial Light and Magic. They did like you know, because it's basically a special effects driven thing. Yeah. 
Um, so for those of you too young to remember, there was this film called Star Wars uh, that came out in 77 and uh, kind of changed a few things. And uh, the uh, technical wizards who uh, put that together um, uh, and who did the subsequent Star Wars films and they also did Indiana Jones uh, that uh, was at Willow with Ron Howard, Young Sherlock Holmes. They did a lot of movies and they did a lot of special effects yes. uh, for movies, both with Spielberg and Lucas and some without. Uh, so they were, uh, pardon the pun, a force to be reckoned with. Absolutely. Uh, what came to special effects. And here they are in a 30 second commercial putting all that talent to uh, ludicrously good use. Um, probably yes. one of the. Um, no offense to Toho, but probably one of the uh, more uh, animated uh, Godzillas uh, that's ever been made, using some of the, oddly enough, some of the same techniques that Toho had been using for many, many years. Um, you know, it, it's a man in a suit and using a separate uh, tail and uh, the, the uh, head that, uh, much similar to like Admiral Akbar and a few of the later. Um, Star Wars uh, Muppets, shall we say, uh, have um, uh, radio-controlled faces. Yep. Uh, and therefore can be expressive without the use of the man in the suit having to move the arms, walk, and uh, make the facial expressions. There's um, four different, like, puppeteers just operating the face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on the uh, on the Barkley uh, goji, as it were. And um, he looks a lot like, uh, you know, sort of the Godzilla suit from the Heisei series, but with kind of big sort of cartoonish eyes, uh, almost reminiscent of like the eyes from the Godzilla versus Megalon mm -hmm. suit, you know, sort of the puppy dog eyes, but like really huge sort of overtly cartoonish uh, and, and very expressive yeah uh, eyes and it's really menacing teeth even for godzilla like his teeth absolutely. are never really that prominent but in this it's like both terrifying but because of the eyes you kind of are disarmed by it it's like you know this is a commercial this this is yeah. you know we're not here to give kids nightmares <laughs> it's it's tough because it's like you look at this and uh well, okay, we'll, we'll get into that in, in a sec, but I, I still want to lay out the work here of, of, of who is responsible for this. It's credited with being directed by a guy named Michael Owens, mm -hmm. uh, who is not – he hasn't really directed anything else, but he has worked as a special effects technician and uh, you know a uh, cameraman, and uh, you know he's, he's been in the special effects world – uh, for you know, like the last 40 years. I'm just going to read off some of his credits. Uh, now, these are not, mind you, he didn't direct all of these movies, but um, he was, again, you know, a cameraman, also to up to lead effects, up through assistant director on some of them. So a, a menagerie of different jobs on, on these projects. But this is this is the pedigree you're talking about here. Okay, so he worked on E.T., Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, which yeah, I know yes. Nate, <laughs> Nate is a very big fan, and because uh, not on this show, but in our real-life conversations, we he references 
almost exclusively and nonstop. Uh, Star Wars uh, Episode Five: Return of the Jedi, which was used to just be known as Return of the Jedi. <laughs> you, you mean Episode Six? Absolutely. I know how to read Roman numerals. <laughs> he also did uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, uh, Joe Dante movie Explorers, uh, Young oh, yeah. Sherlock, Young Sherlock Holmes, which was one of the first uses of CG. Uh, Howard the Duck. Uh, Witches of Eastwick, which was directed by George Miller, uh, Caddyshack Part Two, which was uh, starring, uh, you know, your good friend and mine, Mr. Dan Aykroyd, uh, a movie called Skin Deep, directed by Blake Edwards, which is not a good movie, but it does feature one amazing shot where uh, John Ritter comes through a door into a house. And he says, there is a god, and he's a gag writer. And then, like, 10,000 gallons of water come in from behind him and, like, splash him into, you know, um, I don't know, an island, like a kitchen island, not an island island in the middle. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, he also worked on The Doors, another terrible Blake Edwards movie, the, uh, Switch, with uh, Ellen Barkin and Jimmy Smits, Hudson Hawk. Okay, so he's kind of, like, you know, doing this stuff. And then... Uh, the same, uh, like the year after, he was the visual effects. Sorry, he was the visual effects supervisor on uh, Fire in the Sky. Now, this is Michael Owens, by the way. I know it's been like three minutes since I've said his name, so I'm going to say it again <laughs> in case you forgot. Uh, and he directed Godzilla vs. Charles Barkley. That's what we're talking about right now, in case you forgot. Uh, <laughs> um, but, okay, right around uh, 2002 or 2000, he gets hooked up with uh, celebrated fascist and iconic uh, ghost chair whisperer Clint Eastwood. And uh, <laughs> he, he goes on to work on B Space Cowboys, Blood Work, uh, Letters from Iwo Jima, Flags of Our Fathers, Changeling, Gran Torino, uh, Invictus, Hereafter, J. Edgar... Uh, you know, he American Sniper, Jersey Boys, Sully. So he just becomes Clint Eastwood's, like, best friend uh, in, like, 2000. So, like, him and Clint Eastwood, it doesn't look like he worked on uh, The Mule, <laughs> uh, which, you know, Clint, yeah. Clint, come on. How come you only had two scenes of your character uh having t only two three ways in, in that you know with the uh, 20 year old bikini model so why the restraint clint i mean why yeah. not really go for it oh because uh, it was the same character from blood work you know who had the heart issue uh yeah i mean he does have a heart issue in the mule <laughs> and yet he still has two three ways uh and then uh you know so i'm, I'm looking forward to mule part two uh, mule versus Jewel, uh, where the mule fights Richard Jewel, another Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, so, like, you know, we all love Clint. Who doesn't love Clint? Uh, you know, just ha sorry, had to lay into him a little bit there because I don't think we'll ever get another chance to talk about him on this show. So, um, so okay, you know, this Michael Owens guy, he's, he's too legit to quit. We don't know. Um, and but anyways, yeah, it's it, it's him and 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 all of his guys from Industrial Light and Magic who have spent the last decade 
really perfecting the craft and working on some of the just the biggest movies ever. Yeah. And and these guys are it the ones. Be, this is like a year and a half. No, two years before Jurassic Park. It is one year before Jurassic Park. It is actually being made while Jurassic Park is being filmed. Because Jurassic Park came out in '93, ah. and this and this was being filmed in June of '92, uh, uh, is when production uh, early June around June 4th, 1992, is when they actually start shooting uh, Godzilla versus Charles Barkley. Um, and uh, I I the I know that because I I paused the behind the scenes video we found on it uh, when the guy had the clapper board and ah. I and I saw the date on it so they're filming between the twelfth and the fourth of of uh, June nineteen ninety two which is a few months uh, it it pre- premiered uh, on the MTV uh, Video Music Awards um, on September 9th, uh, 1992. Uh, now for those of you listening at home, we're a little bit younger. MTV used to be this thing that like showed music videos. And so every year they'd have this award show to, for like the best music videos. I know it's weird. Google it sometime. It'll be great for a laugh. But, um, so all the, just all the top people working on this deal. Uh, this was the first commercial to ever use 3d audio, uh, which I guess is a big deal. Uh, used the Barnaby microphone. It was invented by a guy named Jeff Gold, and it was used to create the sound of the basketball dribbling. Okay, so I guess if you that you know the monstrous Charles Barkley had, uh, you know, so you get that big uh, pounding uh, sound, you know, from the the big pound from the uh, round mound of rebound. <laughs> uh, they were using. You know, because the, the the commercial takes place in Tokyo, and they reused some of the uh, buildings from uh, Ghostbusters from the mm. end, where Dana Barrett's apartment is is kind of sort of the climax of that film, and some of the buildings around it. So those, you know, that was 1983. They were making Ghostbusters, so those building props had just been laying around Industrial Light and Magic for like nine years, and they're like, hey, we can use these. So if you look at the buildings. You know, that's if they sort of look a little bit like, you know, from uh, I think maybe they were just like extras of of non-exploded tops of of the of Dana Barrett's building from <laughs> from Ghostbusters. They made like 10 of them and they were just like, hey, we got a few of these laying around. Put, uh, put some kanji on it and uh, oh, they yeah, got... put some kanji on it. And you're good. You're... Uh, I think I think that's what they did. I think that's what they did. <laughs> Took eight days to film and four weeks better known as a month, uh, to edit. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's something, it is something. And, and, uh, the look that they were able to produce, like the first shot is Godzilla in Tokyo. Kind of, he's like obscured by some buildings. He's sort of in the background and he's kind of doing his thing. Some buildings falling down and it's, the first shot of this has like is a composite shot of like at least 11 different layers of oh, stuff. Oh yeah. You've got people running, you've got helicopters flying in the background, you've got him using his radioactive breath which again back then was like hand done. Right. You know, this wasn't just, you know, go to Final Cut Pro 
X and uh, click on the Godzilla breath button. You had to actually do, you had to rotoscope this. You had to blow up the film to a large size, have a guy animate it frame by frame, and then recomposite it. Uh, take yeah. notes. There'll be a test after this, after this podcast. Um, and like the, um, it's it's really amazing and it again it's i think we do have to kind of keep prefacing this with like there's no disrespect to toho intended at at all uh and and it's almost unfair in fact i think it is unfair to compare the look that they were able to achieve uh for a 30 second television spot that clearly had millions of dollars thrown into it for for uh, nike shoes is what they right. were selling by the way i don't know if we've said that yet <laughs> but they're 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 selling basketball shoes yeah um and uh you know it's almost unfair to compare the look that they were able to achieve in this with the look that especially in the high size series that they were had to you know I don't even want to say anything negative or whatever, but you know, the Heisei series, they, they were using the techniques that they had at the time and they were able to, you know, they're effects driven films and they were able to, uh, you know, achieve a certain standard there. But like when you have the, the, you know, the megaton efforts of industrial light and magic who are able to just bear basically cherry pick, uh, like the coolest things and like, and really go all out and and really be able to focus that full energy of that effects house into again a 30 second spot as opposed to like an hour and a half long feature film which is what toho was doing you know yeah it's, I, it's, I think uh oh sorry no no continue, but i was well, just gonna say they were able to achieve a look in this which i think would have been nearly prohibitive from a cost standpoint at the time if they were like you know you look at this and be like why not just make an entire movie that looks this good right and it's like that movie in 1992 would have cost like 150 million dollars and would have still lost to jurassic park <laughs> absolutely next year. absolutely because because it was you know kind of what in America, at least, like, oh, they're just using a suit, so it's like it's dumb or whatever. And again, it's like, you know, we are at this point, you know, when it drops, like seven months away from Jurassic Park coming out in in like May of or uh, June of of 1993. So like, you know, and and by the way, uh, about six years away from the actual Roland Emmerich Godzilla movie, which had effects by Industrial Light and Magic yeah. uh, coming now, out. I so, will like, say that it's shocking that this 30-second ad looks way better than all of Godzilla 1998. Uh, I... I may disagree with that. I think some of the stuff where like they're the buildings are getting destroyed uh still holds up and when they're well, blowing, the buildings blowing getting up the miniatures yeah, and all that stuff still looks still looks good. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, they made a choice and made a choice. Know, they were haunted by it yeah. for all time. Um but it, it it is it is a little you know, the the tendency is to see this and be like the Americans tried it once. And since they're geniuses, they figured it out and made it a thousand times better than like Eddie 
you know, Toho movie ever was. And it's like, no, 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 asshole. It's like they it is a completely different thing. Again, this is a 30 second spot with the full power of ILM and Nike thrown behind it. So it's it's you know, it's able to achieve this impossibly high standard of like visual effects um, uh, sort of uh, wizardry and stuff that, again, would have been prohibitive to do a feature length movie at that time without spending hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. Um, and, and the, the audience just wasn't, wasn't there for that at, at that point. So that's what I wanted to say about the production of it. Nate, did you have anything to add? Again, you know, this ILM essentially using a lot of the same techniques, but I think with more money and more concentrated, uh, for this ad, uh, including, uh, technique as we saw in the um, behind the scenes video, which is available for free on YouTube. Um, you know, over cranking the camera to make Barkley and Godzilla's movement look more menacing and slower. So it just kind of adds to the scale. Uh, so it's just like little things like that. Right. So, okay, I guess we should actually talk about <laughs> what happens uh, in this ad. This is going to take about. 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Godzilla is using his radioactive breath on the city in the uh, and, uh, you know, helicopters flying by. People are screaming. And suddenly this thud comes from the distance and Godzilla looks to the east. Yes. <laughs> and lo and behold, it's America's sweetheart, Charles Barkley. America's favorite son, Charles Barkley. Uh, is uh, dribbling a gigantic basketball. It's, he's yeah. been upgraded 20, 24 times his normal size. Yes. A um, uh, fleeing military truck is seen in front of him. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's absolutely. like, i got to get out of here. <laughs> absolutely. It's about to go down. Barkley, uh, he's, he's come. He's come to, you know, uh, play basketball with Godzilla. And Godzilla sees this. He kind of curls his lip up like Elvis a little bit. Again, a hyper-expressive face on Godzilla, almost because I think it's a commercial. So you only get, like, these two-second shots. So, it, like, he has to have, like, a ton of things communicated very quickly. Godzilla faces Barkley and then puts on uh, some wraparound goggles. Where Godzilla got these goggles from, we don't know. Uh, we assume he's always carrying them with him on his person at all times, just in case Barkley comes up to challenge him to a, a monster kaiju basketball game. Uh, <laughs> as you do. As you do. And uh, yeah, and then Barkley um, kind of gets down and uh, there's a there's a sign that says Tokyo. Oh. Uh, there's a Tokyo sign. Yeah. And the O has fallen to a, a 45 degree angle, which makes for the hoop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Barkley kind of gets down and, uh, you know, uh, just trying to make an opportunity, trying to trying to get penetration to the to the to the hoop uh, in a in a very difficult shot that involves a sort of a fisheye lens and requiring about five fields of focus that took about yeah like six hours to film yeah. i think it took an entire day to film yeah. this just one to get two his second head. shot because you had to get remember this is a commercial you're selling the shoe right and you're selling barkley so you had to get the shoe in the foreground barkley's head clearly in the background right and, and godzilla you know, 
Yeah, and Godzilla. And, and the Tokyo sign. Yeah. And, like, maybe the basketball, if you have yeah. time. Now, um, right before this, Godzilla uses his tail to hit the ball out of Barkley's hand. Barkley grabs the ball again, then he crouches into this said position, and then moves in for the kill. Absolutely. And, you know, Barkley was no uh, no stranger to fouls. <laughs> As... <laughs> You know, everyone was. It was. That's not something. That's not a diss to him. It's just like, yeah, the, you know, uh, he, he he fouled people, and so, so they kind of had a play on that by having him uh, throw a elbow into Godzilla's chin, uh, which was a shot that was also uh, torturous to get, uh, mainly because the uh, puppet face of Godzilla had to like end in sort of this like dazed almost. Uh, stare in the background and uh, eventually the director had to do a reverse shot of of this and start with the elbow up on Godzilla's chin and then just kind of pull it back right. uh, because it was an extremely complicated shot to get um, and so yeah uh, Barkley uh, you know elbows Godzilla in the chin there's no referee to call a foul Right. Uh, so, although, I mean, I would have appreciated maybe like a cameo by Jet Jaguar or something as a referee. Yes. Uh, or, 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 uh, or, or, <laughs> Ultraman making the T symbol timeout. Uh, absolutely. You know, some sort of like, if, if George Lucas does the, uh, the special edition of this commercial, maybe some things he can yes. fit in. Uh, and then he walks. Right. And then, uh, Barkley, uh, jams. In, a, in an amazing shot, and this is really the money shot because you, in the immediate sort of foreground, you have the hoop, Barkley coming up, jamming the ball, making like that big, you know, angry face, <laughs> and uh, Godzilla in the background falling back into and taking out a building and killing, I don't know, <laughs> at least a thousand people. Yeah. I don't know. Millions uh, dead, none injured. <laughs> millions dead, none injured. Uh, shocking video at seven and <laughs> like so you know it's pretty awesome and uh, and then uh, you know the last shot is is uh, Barkley kind of walking away with Godzilla with his hand over his shoulder and there's like a harmonica playing in the background and uh, there's you know there's a couple of different versions of this there's, there's a version where he says you know I heard the Lakers are looking for a big man that's one of the versions, and there's an alternate ending where he says, you know, you've got, if you could get some shoes, you know, you'd be pretty good or something like that. Um, so, like, there's a couple of different versions of this that you would see because this, yes, it was aired on the MTV Video Music Awards um, on uh, September 9th, 1992, but they played the shit out of this afterwards. And uh, that's that's mainly I can't remember if I saw it on the MTV uh, Music Awards live or whatever, but I definitely remember seeing this commercial uh, a lot after after its initial airing because they played it a lot. And it was a pretty popular uh, commercial, but, uh, you know, it is 30 seconds long. So uh, I say Mr. Owens did his job and, uh, you know, fulfilled uh, this part of his destiny uh, on his journey to becoming Clint Eastwood's, uh, you know, best friend. Clint Eastwood's <laughs> Gunsel. Uh. Uh, so that was the commercial. And then um, a, a full year later, 
uh, Dark Horse, a year and like three months later, Dark Horse releases the uh, Godzilla vs. Charles Barkley comic book. It's a one-shot uh, edition, and uh, it was according to, if you look at the book itself, uh, which you can still find relatively inexpensively on, um, you know, eBay or whatever. But I, you know, if you want to read it, you can just read it on. There's YouTube videos that have gone through and just shown every panel of it because it's sort of this freakish like thing where it's like, you no, know, no, you have to see this to believe it. Um, but if you if you read the the um, comic itself it's uh, uh, like the physical copy of it it says it's written by alan smithy uh, which is sort of a famous kind of movie joke where if someone makes something or especially if a director wants his name taken off of a movie uh alan smithy is the name that they will use in instead of of their actual name um and so it's funny that like <laughs> he chose that for this comic book. <laughs> uh, but it was actually written by a guy named Mike Barron, and the art was by uh, Jeff Butler and uh, Keith Aiken. Mm. And um, it just looks like a Dark Horse comic book from the from the early 90s. You know, it's got that, that sort of uh, that that look. Everyone's muscular and like, you know, um, it's, it. it it has a very, you know, the early '90s had a had a look, and it was, uh, and this this definitely fits into that category. Um, as for the story, quote unquote, um, they changed a couple of things. So the commercial took place in um, Japan, and in the comic book, uh, it's in California. Um, and the, the crux of it is, is that Godzilla comes to attack, uh, and there's this kid and his grandpa who are going to see Charles Barkley play a basketball game or something, uh, and they, uh, don't have tickets though, so they can't, they're, they're kicked out of, of the game or something, and, um, meanwhile, Godzilla like shows up, uh, just comes out of the ocean. He like destroys a, a battleship that also is loaded with cars because there's a bunch of cars falling out of it, and uh, which is weird. And the uh, the the grandpa has this lucky coin, and um, he's like, this this coin will grant you one wish. Uh, I used it once to pitch a no hitter. Uh, but, you know, you should use this coin now, son or, or grandson, to, to, to save the city from Godzilla. And the kid goes and finds Barkley or whatever, and he's like, Charles Barkley, you should you should play basketball with Godzilla. And Charles Barkley like, Charles Barkley's like, what? <laughs> and, the kid, and the kid, like, wishes with the coin, and then Charles Barkley grows to gigantic height, and then he, like somehow gets Godzilla to follow him to like um like a nuclear missile area or something like a like a space base or something cuz it's like they're setting up why there's a hoop and why there's like a paved you know whatever uh kind of square area and they uh basically have a have a game um and eventually Barkley wins after 
well, I think Godzilla like melts the basketball with his breath, and maybe like Barkley like I think he says like unsportsmanlike conduct or something. Uh, and then they um, they go to uh, the desert where it, somehow Barkley tricks Godzilla into uh, practicing for the rematch for like a hundred years or something. And then Barkley's oh, like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is a really crazy Tuesday afternoon for me. And then he goes away and Godzilla is still practicing layups and scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, you know, that's, I may have left some things out, but you know, um, but uh, you know, the, in summation, the nineties, the early nineties was a very weird time. Yeah. <laughs> but if, you know, if you're curious in exploring these things in any further detail, you can, you know, you can take in the entire Godzilla versus Charles Barkley, uh, you know, experience in in less than a half an hour, really. Yeah. Uh, so less than a minute. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but to read the comic book as oh, well. The comic as, book, yeah. Um, but again, pretty easy to find. But uh, we felt that this podcast would be incomplete without uh you know addressing it at some point <laughs> um so yeah it's i mean it's it's worth it's worth the the 30 seconds <laughs> to look at and especially the teaser trailer is super awesome um but a couple of things just sort of updates on general godzilla news first of all um godzilla versus kong continues to do very well although it was uh, unseated a couple of weeks ago by something called demon slayer i believe uh, some anime deal which is in the theaters right now mm-hmm. um which is i guess very popular with the kids uh but you know it's it's basically the consensus is is that godzilla versus kong has pulled the monster verse out of uh out of the fire and is now it is seen as a profitable mm. um franchise again and so now there's they're in the beginning talks of doing a son of kong remake i mean the sequel that they want to develop is 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 son of kong which i am all for because you know, doing a remake of like a perfect movie is is not a great idea. No, no. But doing a remake of something that you could only barely qualify as a movie, like <laughs> Son of Kong, is is a great idea because yeah. yeah, let's make something that's cool that has the name Son of Kong attached to it. Yeah. So I'm all for that. You know, bring it on. What else? Uh, oh, and we're very close to Godzilla Singular Point dropping i think it started to drop in japan and if you speak japanese you can probably just find it online and watch it now um but it will be released on netflix at some time in june and uh you know kept on look you know they've released a lot of teaser trailers for it and it looks neat it looks real neat and we're, again we're, it's a time to be happy about the future of of godzilla uh you know going forward i think um and yeah sorry anything to add oh well uh uh, shout out to uh uh fellow movie critic uh dominic griffin who uh gave us a shout out on his youtube channel the armchair tour dom was on our cloverfield episode as well as our uh award-worthy godzilla versus hedora episode 
Um, so uh, thanks for the shout out. And, uh, you know, if you want to hear someone uh, take apart movies that aren't just Godzilla, uh, definitely check out his YouTube page, The Armchair Auteur. Absolutely. Uh, always, always worth a listen. Uh, Dom has continued making great stuff. Great stuff. Um, and we're, we're, you know, we're happy to know him. Absolutely. Um, okay. I'm thinking that pretty much wraps it up for this, again, super secret special bonus Easter egg episode. Yeah. Hanukkah in May. Uh, Hanukkah in May. Christmas in July in May, man. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This has been the Godzilla Pod War Hour. Uh, like and subscribe and comment and do all those things that it really it really does help uh and um you can find us on uh apple podcasts uh we are also on Podbean. uh we have a facebook uh page at the godzilla pod war hour uh as well as uh a twitter account uh at mike mike kelly at godzilla pod war i believe uh and we have a tumblr somewhere in the ether but um i don't know i think it may have been absorbed by skynet uh, or ai or the singularity or something i don't know uh, no it's in that nebula from the end of wrath of khan <laughs> <laughs> i've hurt you and i wish to go on hurting you um <laughs> wrath of khan is so amazing Holy cow! But anyways, uh, that's a story for a different a different show. Yes. But uh, anyways, thank you for listening. Good fight. Good night. Happy hunting and and uh, one more one one more round all around for the round mound of rebound, Sir Charles Barkley. Man, 